Hey there, party people. This is Queer Watching. We are two queers coming at you from opposite coast of the United States. Here to talk about all things film and television with a queer lens. I'm Jesse, here with my best pal, Brianna, and today we are talking about My Policeman, which hit limited theaters on October 21st and will be streaming on Amazon Prime on November 4th. So this is your spoiler alert for My Policeman, as well as the book it's based off of by Beth Ann Roberts. So I went and saw this in theaters. It was super, super sparse. It was me and three other people. Brianna, how was your theater? I had like four other people, I believe, in my theater. Uh, But my theater was IFC. So shout out to them. Super small indie theater that's really cute. And the theater itself could only fit like 35 people. So it felt a little bit more attended. I also just want to highlight how you say my policeman um it's very my policeman and for a while when I was going to go see this movie I thought it was because it was two words and then it turns out no that's just how you say that word but a lot of emphasis on the man part and I think it's hilarious I also to make a little fun of myself kept calling this movie my principal because I was like, yeah, it's about a principal of Harry Styles. Come to find out it was policeman. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, um, now that you're on the right page, should mm-hmm. I do a quick premise? You, you should. Okay. Very helpful. So, we'll go with the wiki one here. Set in the 1950s, Brighton, a gay policeman, Tom Burgess, marries school teacher Marion Taylor while being in a relationship with Patrick Hazelwood, a museum curator. The secret they share threatens to ruin them all. It's uh, pretty vague there. Although I have to say my favorite description comes from the Robert Ebert's description, which is a weepy British queer period piece, (laughs) which I think sums up this movie absolutely perfectly. Yes. And again, I wish I had read any synopsis of what I could expect with this movie. Because I didn't know it was a period piece. I didn't know it was going to be British. I only knew it was a policeman because I had to keep reminding myself because when I IMBD'd my principal, nothing showed up. And so I knew nothing about this movie other than Jesse wanted to do it for the podcast. Okay. How is it that you're on social media and aren't following that this is Harry Styles' new movie. Like, I'm not a big Harry Styles like, stan. I don't follow Harry Styles. I don't either, but his concert TikToks just show up on my Instagram. I'm guessing that my cousins are throwing off my algorithm, but they're really big Harry Styles people. Probably. <laughs> but I don't know. I guess maybe because he was just in Don't Worry Darling, which was Olivia Wilde's last movie. Uh, mm. Florence Pugh, which I also saw. But you know, I th- I think that he is just as good in this one as he was in that one, which for me is pretty flat. <laughs> what Go did you on, think? Jesse. Honestly, it just feels like he thinks he's delivering all of this range and all of this acting, and I just am not sure it's there. It just is very flat to me. It feels very one-dimensional. I feel like he can be charming. I thought he was believable as drunk. But I just don't have a lot more to say. So I disagree with you on this. That's we, fine. Should do, we should also just establish Jesse and I have very different opinions on this movie. Um, <laughs> it's true. And this was my very first Harry Styles, so I can speak to how he did in that other movie you mentioned. 
But I feel like your take on him is similar to your take on Selena Gomez in Only Murders in the Building, which I just finished. It's amazing. But you also think that she's flat in that one and that she's like holding back and muted. And I disagree. I feel like I'll stick to Harry Styles. I believed him as a compartmentalized, closeted, torn individual who's also a straight white man. Sorry, I didn't mean to say straight. He's not straight. We find out that he's queer of some <laughs> kind. Who's also supposed to like come off as a straight white white man, like raises a straight white man, essentially. With And with that comes all of the repressing of emotions, not really showing anything. So he looked like a very repressed and acted like a very repressed man to me. The like, I guess I could have gotten a little bit more of the tornness from him of like, the love of my life has just been sent to jail. Spoiler alert. And I'm pretty sure it's by my wife, but I've done her harm. And so I just feel like such a terrible person. But also there wasn't a lot of, like that was one scene. So there wasn't a lot of time for him to really display that. What about in the scene where they first get together and there's nobody else around and it's just the two of them in the apartment on the couch? I didn't believe that he had any attraction to him really okay i I, I disagree with you i think like as as soon as uh david dawson who plays patrick hazelwood as soon as like he was brought into the picture like everything was very subtle and i feel like maybe that's because i love you but you're a little obtuse when it comes to recognizing when people are flirting with you unless they're like hi i'd like to put my face into yours um okay the the flirting was very subtle because it had to be and i don't know i believed the tension but maybe that's because i wanted to believe that there was tension there so i added more of it in my view you got nothing not from harry styles i i think david dawson was better i got more from him but yeah, I didn't think they had great chemistry or really worked together. Even in the sex scenes, I I felt like I could see them taking direction. I felt like someone was like, be sexy. I don't know. It just didn't. I did not read any chemistry and it didn't it didn't work for me. Just awfully flat. Do you feel like you need to find that type of sex? appealing in order to find it chemistry filled no no definitely not i think i just had to believe at all that there was feelings happening between them and i just didn't i didn't believe that harry styles gave a rip about anyone in this whole movie i feel like he could put a charm face on and that was about it and maybe it's because for me this entire film lacks any queer joy maybe i just had none of that to latch on to I mean, okay, but no, but no, we got a glimpse of it. When they go to Italy, when they go to Venice, they have the joy. They're on the boat together. They're making out in the little stairwell and the nun passes them. They had that opportunity. And I guess what I was wondering was like, was it legal to be gay in Italy in the 1950s? Is that why like that was a safe haven for them to be outwardly queer? Um, But I do agree with you. This was not a happy-go-lucky film, but it's about gay people in the 1950s 
and and just don't expect a lot of joy but there was like it was probably not public but like we just watched league of their own right Th mm -hmm. that's even earlier And there are pockets of queer joy. And I'm not saying we have to focus 100% on them. But I think if we're talking about, like, what makes it worth it to do this, it's the joy. And there was not joy between Harry and David Dawson's characters. I didn't – there was none of it. You're, I guess you're right. The brief Italy scenes are, like, fine. But that – I don't know. It just but doesn't – I feel like the characters would argue that there was joy and there was love and that was why it was worth sharing Harry Styles or sharing Tom because the joy and the happiness that they felt together was worth not feeling it all the time. Do you and think like, adult Tom in this movie would say that it was worth it? Like the older Tom. That is my biggest complaint about this fucking film <laughs> is... I thought we were going to get some information. Granted, I did show up late and I did miss the, <laughs> the key point in the film when I had to use the bathroom. Theater should really have the possibility. I'm just saying. Intermission. Yes. <laughs> just you. a brief, especially because the majority of the people in my theater, the other two people in my theater were older men. And so I was like, come on, we got to take bathroom breaks. I'm digressing. What was I saying? Oh, my biggest my film. biggest complaint with this film, thank you, was the fact that like we didn't get any what happened in the 40 years after all of this went down. So like I don't I don't know if I can speak to if he thought it was worth it because I don't know what came from their marriage, but it it sounds like he I, I think he would say, based on what we what we've seen, the time with Tom was worth it. But the time spent in his marriage to Marion was not. The time because... with Patrick was worth it. He is Shit. dumb. Yes. That's cool. <laughs> I, I, I know what you're saying. I just clarified. <laughs> yes. Thank you for our audience. The time with Patrick was worth it. But the time married to Marion was not. Because both of them were miserable and not able to actually fulfill the happiness. Even if they were trying to act like they were. But he fights so hard for her not to leave. When Patrick shows up and they have to take care of him, he refuses to even see or look at him. So I think I just don't believe that he thought it was worth it. Okay, but okay, so I missed that part. I didn't know Patrick just showed up. I came in and she was stroking the journal. And I was like, what am I even watching? Okay. I don't know how far in. Okay, so <laughs> what happens is Patrick has had a stroke and he needs yes, somewhere to live and might that. go to a home. Somehow Marion agrees to take him in, which baffling, baffling stuff to me because essentially it must be out of guilt because she sent him to fucking prison because she doesn't actually care about this person. They don't seem to have an ongoing relationship anymore. The only thing she ever says about him really positive is he showed us how to look at art. And that's just so weak a reason. So it's got to be the guilt, which we eventually found out is because she's the one who turned him in for being gay. Why? And why now? I'm so confused about so much of this. I'm confused by the story. But aren't you Catholic? 
Like, don't you understand guilt and repenting before death? And like, this man's probably going to die. So she's like, got to get right with God. Like, I'm just So let me take in my husband's ex-lover that he never got over. And hopefully it all works out for everyone. Yeah. And then. Hey, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, that doesn't track to me. (laughs) We know. It's a no. That's a no for you, dog. That's a hard Um, no for me. Yeah. I don't, I, to me, like, I, I would understand why Tom maybe would not want to see him because again, that's shame. Like we were talking about with the league of their own, like him seeing this man that he loved very much, that, that he did not choose, that he left in prison, that he like just abandoned now wheelchair bound unable to speak this is the man that he could have spent his life with that he was in love with and was able to just put out of his world very easily to save himself and that why the i wouldn't want to fucking see that every day that's brutal because now i have to look at what i've done to this other person i have to see my fear and ugliness in somebody else and then in regards of like him not wanting to have Miriam leave him, that's what he's what he's clung to. Like he's clung to that relationship and clung to the idea of being straight and it's just being a one-time thing for 40 plus years, or so we have to assume because they didn't fucking fill us in. And if she leaves him then all he's left with is confronting his love for this man. And that's also really tough. I guess. You didn't get any of this? Okay, I got some of the shame and guilt. Yes, obviously. Like, there are reasons that he's in such intense denial that he refuses to walk across his own house to see this person, like, (laughs) less than 20 feet from him. Absolutely. But why did Marion leave now? I'm so confused. That was my, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Because she's reading the journals of Patrick's, right? That's kind of like got intimate details about their relationship. And so at first it seems like, oh, she's just learning about this right now. And it's very triggering. And that's why she's like, oh, I didn't realize who he was. But as we tell their backstories, all of that has already been divulged to her. If it wasn't by Tom, it was in court when she decided to testify. Ooh, okay, but no, but no, because, okay, they did not read it all. They were like, read a couple of passages, but she learned so much more. So maybe she'd convinced herself that like, this was all just kind of like, not that big of a deal. And maybe it was a one-time thing and he got over it. But then reading every single detail from the perception of, Patrick and reading how much he loved him and just it becomes too real to ignore and then she realizes that she is the one that fucked everything up and stood in the way of her own happiness and his and then also recognizing that like she too is not happy she too has chosen to live in a passionless loveless marriage because she loved this person again going back to the narrative of like when loving someone is not enough 
Yeah, maybe I would have more sympathy for her if she wasn't such a blatant homophobe. Oh, I don't really have sympathy for her. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was not a feeling. Because the scene where her teacher friend, like, she essentially is telling her, hey, I'm pretty sure my husband's, like, having an affair with this guy. How how disgusting and what I think she says, I think that's where we hear sexual pervert. Is that mm-hmm. right? Something I think like she that. even says it's unnatural, right? She uses some of this language that was used at the time to be like, you gross. And her only friend in the whole movie that we see decides to come out to her and say like, hey, you know, if they're gross, I am too. I have someone at home that loves me and it's worth it. And Marion just like isn't having it. She's just like, ew, gross, and never speaks to her again. It's like, look, I understand if your husband sleeping with someone hurts you and you have a lot of feelings about that and that person, that makes a lot of sense, right? Jealousy, shame. You're also friends with Patrick, so it would make sense that you feel betrayed, distrust, all of these things. But your only friend is not hurting anyone, including you, and went out on a limb to share this with you at a time where it was not only illegal, but, like, could lose her job, as as we see later, could go to jail. I don't know. I think that's why I just can't muster any sympathy for this character and there's like this pinnacle scene at the end it's like her in the cab and she's left it's actually one of the most beautiful shots in the movie and i don't feel happy for her i know that she is like it's freedom and the music's like look how happy she is look at all this light flooding through the car like look how we figured it out like yay yay us and i just i had to be like no nope i mean i'm glad that you're not in the way anymore if that's something that these two men want to pick back up i don't know that whole thing feels (laughs) bizarre so yeah none of it really worked for me the ending was super rushed on top of that so why don't you say some positive things (laughs) i mean i definitely agree like the ending was really rushed. i would have loved to have seen some time of their 40-year marriage I felt hope for Tom and Patrick. I don't know why when she left, because I mean, Patrick is very, is very sick at this point. And so, but I did the final scene where they're both like sitting, I think they're sitting on a bed or at the very least Tom is standing behind Patrick and they're kind of like embracing each other did remind me of Moonlight, which I think did a better job of showing like that connection and that stuff, even though there was like major chunks of time, not 40 years, but still in between those, those moments of like, now we can be together. And that like, sometimes it doesn't wind up being how you thought it was going to be, but like now we kind of get closure and we don't have to pretend. Yeah. I think Moonlight just has great acting and and interesting characters. Unlike way better movie than this way better movie, non-compared. It's a fucking, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Oscar Golden Globe winner for best Oscar. film. Oscar, Oscar, and the biggest Oscar kerfuffle ever. Love it. Well, it actually, amazing. I guess <laughs> depends how you feel about Will Smith. Anyway, we're not going to talk about that. I don't know. I I didn't think it was the best movie ever made, but I guess maybe because I had no expectations for this movie, given that the only reason why I saw it was because I love you. That like it. I thought it was a solid film. I thought the shots were really great. Like I thought it was done very artistically uh, and I could really tell how this was different from other movies that we've watched. 
where like they were being really artistic. They were being really intentional with the shots that they grabbed. And it wasn't too slow. I wasn't like, oh my gosh, could you pick up the pace? But it still felt very artful. Uh, so I really, I, I overall enjoyed it. Yeah, I think this is the most serious thing that we've covered. It's definitely a, a drama. And League of Their Own has its moments, but it's a little more of a comedy. So we've mostly covered comedy so far, but I think there's a way to have like a similar tone to this movie, but kind of like we mentioned about Moonlight, have the characters be more complex. Like, honestly, I kept thinking of like Brokeback Mountain and how like that's a pretty tragic queer love story, too. But holy crap, is that an amazing movie? Whereas this one is not like even things like. I don't know, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, right? It's got like a similar pacing, but that one is so gorgeous and the acting is so good. It's a French film. I don't know if you've seen it. It's just, there's a way to like have some of these dramatic, like, yeah, there is no complete happiness for queer people at these time tones, but still do it in a way that shows some of the joy and makes you care about the characters. And this one being a book first is probably why we see the two timelines. I imagine in the book, that's how it's done like in flashbacks and so they were like well if it's done that way in the book we should do that way in the movie i'm not sure that it needed to be done i feel like maybe just do the flashbacks i don't know we don't end up getting enough time with any of them i don't think and and some of the older versions don't quite track to me as the same people as the younger versions so did the double timelines work for you yes but that's just because it's my shit I I love that type of thing as long as I can follow it. And this one was pretty easy to follow. But I agree. I don't think we got enough time with the older characters to care about them. Like my love for this movie or love is a, is a powerful word. But like my like for this movie definitely comes from the younger story. And because I had hope up until they would flash back and be like, yeah, no, there's no hope. Remember? Sad movie. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay, thanks. Yeah, that was also part of it. You know, it's you kind of know how it's going to end because you see them in the future, right? You know that it's not going to be a happy story. So maybe I was just on board for the sad slog already. There was a scene where... Harry takes Mary into the museum where Patrick is the curator and all three of them are like really jiving. And I thought this was going to be a really interesting thruple movie and was very on board for that. I was like, Oh, we're going to do something new, something interesting. And no, we didn't. So there was a brief moment where I thought that, you know, I'd be, I'd be down for (laughs) what does a thruple in the fifties look like? You know, that, that's something I could could get down with, but unfortunately, no. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen that because I I thought that as well. Like I knew I knew it had to be gay because we're doing this pod, we're doing the podcast about it. So I was like, where are we going to see the queerness? And when all three of them were introduced, I was like, ooh, ooh, maybe this way, maybe this way, but. I was hoping for a little bit of the the Wonder Woman and the Professor movie. I don't remember what it's called. But yes, yes, that exactly. Movie, I know they had conflict uh, about like, no, this is not what I signed up for. And the family is very anti that movie. They said that's not at all how that happened. Okay. Um, but that's what I was hoping for. 
yeah, same. That is also one of the movies that I thought of when, yeah, I thought we were going to do something a little different than we did. I did think the scene where Harry Styles' character Tom takes Marion to Patrick's apartment was incredibly odd and in just a stupid, stupid move by what I think is kind of a stupid man. Why would you do that? Why would you be like, hey, I have the secret affair, but you know what's going to help? If I bring you over to where he lives when he's not there and you can see where we hang out together and have sex and leave you out. I just, I, that was weird. I'm going to be grasping at straws here, but maybe it was because he wanted to be able to propose in a place that meant something to him and then, and wished that he was actually proposing to Patrick and being like, okay, well, I'm going to do this here. He wished he'd been doing it, but he'd wish he'd been proposing to Patrick and his way of being able to maintain his relationship with Patrick was for her to be able to go along with it, even though she didn't know. Interesting. He did have a very beautiful apartment. So he did. I guess that could possibly be reason enough as well. Yeah. Limited set design. <laughs> I mean, I did also think it was weird. I was like, okay, but yeah. then... I was like, but maybe, no, maybe I'm not misreading this. I thought he was gay with Patrick, but, but yeah, there was quite a few times where I was like, I don't necessarily understand why you did that. Yeah. I mean, I definitely got the themes of loss and wasted time. And uh, during the movie, I felt a little lost and like I wasted my time. So it all tracks. You're ridiculous. (laughs) Ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you have any awards or anything else you want to. I will. I, the costumes would be my my personal award. I the police man outfits were good. I liked a lot of the fifties. No, I think you like when I overemphasize it. <laughs> the policeman outfits. Uh-huh. Uh, they were they were good. Uh, the suits that Patrick always wore in the museum also fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, very 50s bathing suits. I thought the costumes were on point. Yeah. I also thought it was really interesting to kind of, like, I feel like all of Tom's life was just compartmentalization and dichotomy. Because you don't get a more homophobic profession than police, like, than policemen back then. And that was kind of how that was painted. Um, For a split second, I wondered if Patrick's previous lover had been beaten to death by cops because he, like, had such a distaste. And he only described it as, like, beaten to death by, like, I think he said thugs or something like that. And so I was like, oh, does he mean, like, police? And then when Tom, young Tom, gets really upset when Patrick is, like, bad-mouthing police, he's, like, feels almost as if he feels like part of him is being attacked because he tries to distance himself from the policemen that are abusive, but then tries to distance himself from the queers that are visibly queer and then gets the police taken away from him because we're supposed to assume that he has been outed, but not outed enough to go to jail, but outed enough that he needs to leave that force. So then he has to burn that costume because that also reminds him of Patrick because that's how they met and he was his policeman 
Like that's not a nickname that Marion ever used or anything like that. Like that was him and Patrick's. And then the really, the only thing he really got out of all of that was his relationship with Marion. And so it was just a lot of like never being able to fully bring yourself into a space. But also, again, the like, what does it take to get you to risk it all? Like, this man had love. When we see Italy, we assume or are made to believe that it's more free to be queer in Italy in the 1950s. So you potentially had space. You had finances because you have a museum director and a police per a policeman. So you had finances. Like you had all these things in place to potentially make the relationship you wanted with Patrick work out. But you chose to stay with Marion. You chose to try and stay with the police. You chose to distance yourself from the person you love. And so clearly love was not enough of a reason that for him to overcome all of those other obstacles that come along with being queer in the 1950s. Cause it also never says he was gay. That's I was, little note about, I was just like, going to ask you that. Yes. And I think, because I know there's been comments about like queer baiting with Harry Styles and stuff like that. Again, I don't think anybody owes us an explanation on their personal sexuality. So I'm not going to say that him being in this film automatically means that it's queer baiting. But I feel like this happens a lot with characters that could be bisexual, specifically men. They just automatically get characterized as being gay because he was in love with a man. However, in many scenes, sorry. I'll yeah, even the, even I was just going to add one small thing and then you could go on. Even the Wikipedia description that we chose refers to him as a gay man, but nowhere in the entire movie do they ever address his sexuality with any terminology that clarifies any of that, including himself. He doesn't either. I no, because I was just going to say, I think maybe at one point homosexual, but I think that was when we're talking about the sex acts. But he describes his relationship with Marion as like being very fond of her and like her being a really good woman. And so it doesn't necessarily give I'm sexually attracted to her or I'm in love with her, but it also doesn't not. Um, so I don't know. I feel like it could potentially be some bi erasure. Or just living in that ambiguousness and letting the audience decide the sexuality of this character for themselves. But bi people do exist and did exist in the 50s. And he very well could have been in love with Marion and could have been in love with Patrick. And that would have been a really fucking tough thing to navigate as well. Yeah. I thought there was plenty of room for that. I, when I was watching it, was like, maybe he is in love with Marion. But then in the 40 years later, when it's the 90s, clearly not anymore, but maybe he was like a lot of that is left very unclear. And since it's never clarified to me, there was so much room for him to be, you know, anywhere on the, I guess, spectrum, if you will. It just doesn't. <laughs> and this is why therapy is very important. Oh, because... Tom clearly needs therapy. He's a huge fan of, and let's never talk about this again. And anger bursts. Like we see him get angry at Patrick 
when he brings up topics he's not prepared to talk about. We see him get angry at Marion when she talks about wanting to continue to work as a teacher and have family. No, you need to stay in the women's role. Fuck you. We see him get angry when the couple in the store, like not angry, but get very overwhelmed emotionally when he sees two gay men embracing in public. So like lots of things that he would benefit from unpacking. And, but I feel like that could be said also about Marion. Yeah. I mean, the movie doesn't convey a ton of emotion, but it does convey that they are not happy together. That is clear. I have a question that just popped into my mind. How do you think this film would be different if it wasn't English? Like if it was an American film? There there are so many ways it could be potentially. I mean, history-wise, the 50s, you get the Mattachine Society and Daughters of Belitis. And so in America, you do start to get a handful of queer rights groups and at least these channels for them to start being a little more political and doing things where, to my knowledge, I don't think that that was really happening in the UK until late 60s, maybe even 70s for them. And not that that necessarily would have made a huge difference, but I think just kind of politically it would have perhaps felt a little bit different. doesn't mean they wouldn't have been prosecuted or got the snot beat out of them or all of that kind of stuff. I don't know. I assume that they had hubs just like America, right? Like New York, San Francisco, where, you know, if once you know, you know, and if you if you can't fly that straight flag, then you got to go find your people kind of thing. So I'm not sure, but those are kind of some of my first thoughts on that. What do you think? You fact checking me? No, I've been trying to remember <laughs> Alan Turing's name. Because uh, I was yes. going to say he was he what he died in 1954, which would have been around the time that this movie was taking place, um, and he had been imprisoned for, I believe, homosexuality or homosexual acts. And so I was I was thinking about him when watching this movie of like I don't know how well televised this was or anything like that, but like how yes people very much were being chemically castrated and treated terribly imprisoned all of that stuff in England for gayness I think just on the surface level this movie would have been different if it hadn't been English just because American films are different and I wonder if we would have gotten a little bit less art and a little bit more like character development or like more emotions because it also made me think of the movie supernova with stanley tucci and colin firth not colin, colin Farrell. yeah colin, colin Farrell is the super sexy <laughs> irishman um yes that also was very like reserved in emotions because it was more of an english film um so I think it would I think it would have landed different. I also think perhaps using a police officer in an American film is different, I think, than using a police officer in a British film. I I think, yeah, it would have been to me in this film, the police officer is used just as like a pinnacle of masculinity. It isn't really explored that much as far as like the morality of being part of this problematic system. And maybe that's just because that's something we think about modernly quite a lot. 
but I feel like as an American film, there would have been even more room to examine the police officerness of it all in ways it really wasn't besides just this, oh, it's a it's a man job, right? Like construction worker or whatever. It does it, they didn't use it in any way to me in the movie. Yeah, they they tried to a little bit when they brought up the fact that like Patrick doesn't like the police. Um, and when I think Tom is talking about it, he's like, ever no one really likes us. No one always assumes um, like that we're going to be brutal or things like that. And so I think it was sprinkled in there a little bit. But I feel like, yes, if it had been in America, then it would have been very different. I don't think it'll give me like cult classic or great queer film of all time. To me, that's reserved for Moonlight. Um, because I will write, like live and die by that film. I think it's amazing. I mean, Philadelphia would be another movie I kind of thought of watching this, but again, those are interesting characters who are very in love and fighting tooth and nail. It's just a different situation. I mean, still very, very sad and tragic, but I, to me, my placement is just very forgettable. And in fact, I'm, I'm well on my way. So do you think it will do well once it's released for streaming? Well, that's a tough question to answer because what does do well on streaming even mean, right? Do you think it'll become a top 10 on, I know it's Amazon Prime, but like. No, I don't. I, I think the fact that I saw a. Friday night, 7 p.m. showing in the only theater in all of Portland, Oregon that was playing this movie, and there was four of us. Not a great sign as far as interest drumming up for this movie. And to be honest, I'm pretty sure they were there as Harry Style fans. It's I think, honestly, this day and age, it's hard to make a queer period piece that doesn't have any kind of, I don't know, something to, to aspire to, like something some happiness right because it's hard i think this day and age to fathom how difficult that was and how much risk there actually was and so for me as someone who's like incredibly lucky get to live my life as a trans man you know out and proud whatever whatever i'm just like cheer up guys (laughs) i don't know yeah and i think i think that that really does to me that explains why it was difficult for you to like really get anything out of it because I also think of like the the youth that I've worked with that is queer that has been like experienced all of the terrible stuff and is now or are now living in like an LGBTQ homeless shelter in New York City and so still very much like no this could ruin you and is this one person really worth your life being over? Are you really worth living your life the way that you want to? And like, I also don't think that we truly understand how entrenched gender roles and gender expectations and like just human expectations were in regards of like, progress through life because our generation really is in my opinion the generation that started actively pushing against again 
like out of seventies, but like really pushing against like, no, I'm not going to get married. Yes. I'm queer. No, I don't need to buy a house by the time I'm 25. But this was the fifties. Like women had just been able to work. They still couldn't get bank accounts. So of course you're going to hold on to your marriage for dear life because marriage means opportunity. Like all of this meant opportunity. And that's oh, yeah. easier than risking it all. Yeah. Marion being a teacher was very intentional, right? There wasn't a whole bunch of different jobs she could have had back then at the time. So. But I also agree. I feel like for a period piece, this one was very in one ear and out the other. I feel like as we make more and more queer films, we're going to need to make better ones because subpar ones like this are just going to be like, okay, yeah, we've seen that. Thanks. Yeah. And there are people that loved this movie. It premiered at the Toronto film festival and a handful of reviews coming out of there, including the LA times loved this movie. Thought it was like a revelation checked all the boxes for them. I I mean, they even had their one token black person. So diversity checked. (laughs) Well, yes, the racial diversity Mm -hmm. checked. Yes, because we do have Emma Corrin who uses they them. So we have some non-binary and David Mm Dawson's gay. So we do have some different queer diversity happening in the cast, um, which is nice. Love that. Love to see it. Any final thoughts? I want to choose the next movie. Mm, we can definitely talk about it. Nope. <laughs> uh, for what it's worth, you chose a league of their own, which I was eight hours of content and two <laughs> podcast episodes. So, <laughs> and I you're hear welcome because you. it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. No, no regrets. Can't wait to cover season two. Also, Halloween just happened. There were some amazing league of their own costumes just around there everywhere. Were. I loved it. Loved the embrace. People looked amazing. Yes, they did. Um, so are you standing for Harry Styles after seeing this or no? I have never been a Harry Styles stan. I, I have nothing against him. I think he can be charming. I honestly, I was indifferent and continue to be indifferent. <laughs> so he gives me kind of Bowie vibes in some ways. And I like that. Like I like certain more like feminine things that he really likes to embrace and like you know no shame and all of that so i love some of that some of it's very charming but i don't know what about you i did enjoy the sex scenes between him and patrick more than between him and marion uh, i thought that was a great juxtaposition of like he really did not want to be having sex with this woman and i felt like he wanted to be having sex with tom I know you feel differently, but... Okay. Yes, I don't know that there was great chemistry in the sex scenes between the men. However, there were some, like, indicators that what you're saying is true, right? So, like, in his sex scenes with Marion, he does not look at her. I don't think ever. Nope. He just lays on top of her. Yeah, and, like, turns his head and looks away, and I imagine thinking about something else. But then in his Patrick sex scenes, he's very present. So... There, it's conveyed that one is enjoyable for him and one is not. Whether or not I had issues with the chemistry between them, all in all, I'd give it a solid thumbs up. Okay, well, that's a nice balance to my solid thumbs down. 
but that's okay. That's why podcasting is fun. We can agree to disagree. And honestly, sometimes it's really fun to cover something that just came out while everybody's talking about it. Not that I think everyone's going to be talking about this movie. I was going to say, I heard nothing about this movie. Yeah, in three days, it'll come out on Amazon Prime. So maybe that will get some chatter going. I know Harry Styles is on tour right now, or so Instagram has alerted me. Thank you for joining us, joining us today on Queer Watching. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at queer underscore watching. That's right. We now have a Twitter account. We're cool. And if you want to send us an email with recommendations or feedback, you can at queerwatching at gmail.com. Again, that's queerwatching at gmail.com. Have a good day.